Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, it's great to see you today. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. My name is Scott. How about those donuts? Yeah, some of you are thinking, didn't I read in the newsletter that we were going to have donuts today? That was really just our ploy to get you to come to church. So, no, honestly, we don't know what happened. It's like we got ghosted. So, uh, we'll, we'll do donuts again uh, another Sunday. But we're glad you're here anyway. We're glad our, our online campus is with us today. Man, it is hard to believe we are a week away from Christmas. Hopefully you're getting in, in the spirit, you know, just talking to people in the lobby. Some people are really into the Christmas spirit. Some aren't so much. So we're going we're gonna to have a little activity today to kind of get you in the Christmas spirit. If you're watching with our online campus, you can use that chat feature or the comments uh, section on Facebook to, if you want to put the answer out there. If you're here in the auditorium, you can just simply speak the answer when I give you the clue. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quote from a Christmas movie. And you need to tell me which Christmas movie it is. All right, you ready? All right, here's the first one. Christmas was on its way. Lovely, glorious, beautiful Christmas upon which the entire kid year revolved. Christmas story, right. that, That kid year revolved kind of gives it away. How about this? Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? It's a wonderful life. My favorite Christmas movie of all time. Right. Good job. All right, how about this? What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? Yeah. Everybody got that one in the first service, like, before I could even get it out of my mouth. The Grinch. How about this? Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned Christmas. Yeah, classic Christmas vacation. Good job. Uh, Here's another one. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Charlie Brown Christmas. Good. Y'all are good. How about this one? Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Die hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of arguments out there. Is this a Christmas movie? Is this not a, a Christmas movie? Just go with it. All right. It's the Christmas season. So if you don't mind the show of hands, you don't have to participate, but how many of you still have Christmas shopping left to do? Yeah, all the guys, get your hands up. Good. (laughs) Perfect. We spend, on average, 20 hours each year shopping for Christmas presents. Why do we do that? And I think it's because we spend a lot of time searching. We spend a lot of time seeking, trying to find the best possible gift for those people that we care about, those people that we love. We want to search for a gift that communicates our love to them, how much they mean to us in our lives, and we're seeking the best deal, right? We want something that fits within our budget, but it's also going to be good for them. So we'll seek out and we'll search out the complete truth about those Christmas packages, we, we look at the reviews online and, and listen to what other people say. A lot of times, if we're buying something, you know, that's mechanical in nature, we'll, we'll look and see, all right, the consumer reports test this, how good a quality it is, because 
we want the truth. We want the best value that we can possibly get. And I think that's why we spend so much time selecting those gifts. And I thought about that this week. That's the way we do a lot of things in life, or we do most things in life. We, we search for value, right? We search for meaning. We search for opportunities. We search for the truth. Whether we're searching for a Christmas gift or we're asking some of the toughest questions in life, we want all the facts. And some of those tough questions in life we ask are, why am I here? Right? What, what's my purpose? Why am I on this earth? You know, is, and then we get into spiritual type questions, especially this time of year. You know, is God real? Is Christmas real? Is Jesus true? These questions are asked by people all the time because we're seeking and we're searching, just like those Christmas presents, for the truth. We want to know the truth. And listen, here at this church, every single Sunday in the auditorium with our online campus, people are still asking those questions because they haven't made a faith decision. A lot of us haven't made a, a faith decision, and that's okay. But they want to know what's the truth. Essentially, they want the best deal, right? They certainly don't want to be led astray. So if that's you today, if you'd say, hey, I'm still seeking, I'm still searching, the good news is one of the gifts that Jesus brought us was the truth that very first Christmas. And I think if you're still seeking and searching for the truth, that's great. You're kind of like the wise men in the Bible. And we're going to look at that story today because they were seeking, they were searching, they wanted to know the truth. They wanted to know the purpose of life. They wanted to know about this newborn king, the same as us today. So we're going to start off, we're going to start off in Matthew chapter 2. And if you want to follow along with our notes, you can download that Church Center app. It is a great way to not just get our notes, but you can check your kids in early on Sundays. You can sign up for groups. You can get involved with the ministries. Get, there's all kinds of things you can do on that app. But let's look at this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, just a fun little fact. Did you know they're not doing a national live nativity scene this year in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, they looked and looked for three wise men and couldn't find anybody. So, I know that's corny, but it's accurate. All right, uh, so the wise men were referred to uh, in the Bible as magi. Magi were a particular religious group, and they paid a lot of attention to the stars. They were incredibly smart. They were incredibly wealthy. You know, I don't know that they were kings like we depict in our, our little manger scenes that we put out. You know, there's some things we've kind of written into the Christmas story that aren't really uh, line up perfectly with Scripture, like there was only three wise men. Most scholars think there was more than three, but because there was three gifts, we've come to the conclusion, okay, it was three. But these guys were very well educated, and they paid attention 
to the stars. They were kind of like an astronomer and a scientist all wrapped up into one. But truthfully, there's not a lot of other information we know about them. Now, we know that that verse said they came from eastern land, so we know they came from the east, right? This is another one of those things that's kind of murky in Scripture, and theologians, you know, will disagree about where the wise men came from. Most theologians and scholars think they came from Persia, which would have put them between 900 and 1,000 miles away from where Jesus was born. I read an article this week, and the, the writer said, no, they were probably from Arabia, which would have only put, that would be like near uh, modern-day Petra, so that would put them about 200 miles away from Jesus. But either way, these guys were a long ways away from where Jesus was born, but they sought out, they searched, they seek the truth, and they traveled to where Jesus was born because they wanted to know the truth. Now, that is commitment. And again, the good news is that's one of the gifts that Christ brought us that first Christmas. So even though we may not know a lot of detail about the Magi or uh, the wise men, I truly believe if you would say today, hey, Scott, I haven't settled that faith issue. I believe if you do what we're going to learn they did, you too will find God. And I also believe if you are a Christ follower, you're already a Christian, if you do what the wise men did, it will give you a new appreciation of your faith. It'll strengthen your faith this Christmas season. So very first learning, God gave us truth when he sent his son. That's really what Christmas is all about. We know the truth about God and why he sent Jesus into this world. But if you want to find God today, just like the wise men, you have to seek the truth. You have to take the journey to find the truth and you have to take that journey seriously. Now, think about when you are searching for something in life or you're seeking something in life. You're looking for truth. You're looking for facts and you're looking for accuracy. You don't stop looking until you're satisfied, right? You, you just don't stop looking until you get an answer that satisfies you. That's how a lot of you found Christ, that's how you came into a relationship with Christ. You kept seeking, you kept searching, you kept investigating, you kept asking questions until you were content that you had the truth about Christ. And that's how uh, you came into a relationship with Christ. Now, let's go back to a verse we looked at, or a part of that verse we looked at earlier. The wise men said, we saw his star as it rose. So what does that tell us? It tells us that those guys were paying attention, right? They were paying attention to the skies. They were paying attention to what was going on around them. So if we're seeking the truth, we have to pay attention to what's going on. And then they asked questions. They said, where is the king of the Jews? So if we want the truth about God, we've got to be willing to ask questions, and truly, we do that all the time. That's how we seek information. We ask a lot of questions. And I'm sure as these guys, let's say they were 900 or 1,000 miles away. I'm sure as they were traveling, they were asking questions among themselves because they hadn't seen a star like this. 
You know, and so they're asking questions about the star, I'm sure. And then they're talking about, you know, this newborn king and, and they're speculating and things as they're traveling. What's amazing is how long it would have taken them to get to see Jesus. They didn't have modern transportation like we have today. So if they were even 200 miles away, it would have taken them a long time to travel that distance. But if they were 900 to 1,000 miles away, it would have taken them months to get there. Again, that's how committed they were to this journey of finding out the truth. And I think we have to be willing to commit to that journey if we want to know the truth about God. Now, what's also interesting, if, if you were with us last week, we talked about uh, how Simeon dedicated Jesus at the temple and how some, he, he mentioned that some people rose and some people fell. In other words, the ones who rose were the ones that discovered the gift of true joy and the ones that fell didn't. What's amazing about this is the wise men traveled a great distance to get information about Jesus. But the religious leaders, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the ones who were supposedly the closest to God, they wouldn't walk across the street to get more information about Jesus. They weren't committed, in other words, to that journey, right? Because Jesus was right there, born right there where they were. Yet they didn't even walk across the street to get any truth about Jesus. They just assumed they knew about God and they knew everything, and there's no way this Jesus could have come from God. I think a lot of people today are like the religious leaders in Jesus's day. They want to know some things about God. They, they, they have a few questions about God, but they're not willing to take the time to find out. They're not willing to put in the effort in the journey to find out the truth about God. People say, well, I'm just too busy. I got too much going on. I really don't care. And that's heartbreaking. Some people spend their entire lives busy and they never try to figure out the truth about God or the truth about life or their purpose in life. And the truth is we all have that emptiness, that missing, until we, we discover who Christ is. But Christmas is a time when God brought us the truth through his son, and it's a time available to us to discover that truth. And let's be honest, we've all been there. We've all had that emptiness if you're a Christ follower now, you can remember when you had that emptiness before you knew Christ. We've all felt unsatisfied. We've all been unfulfilled, uh, you know, in life. We've all felt confusion about life and what we've been taught and, and what we know. God creates that desire, I believe, in every single person to know the truth. And before we discover that the truth is Christ and that's what fills us, we try to fill that emptiness in our life with anything we can find, you know, relationships or wealth or pleasure or popularity or whatever. It's only when we discover that Jesus fits perfectly into what's missing in our life do we discover peace. And that's because we know the truth. So I'd say today, if you're still searching for the truth, that's okay. Just keep searching. God is searching for you too. He's seeking you out. God desires a relationship with everyone, but he's not going to force that relationship. So as we pursue him, he's pursuing us. 
Look at Jeremiah 29, 13. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Again, this is not just a passing question. We got to be willing, like the wise men, to go on that journey. And if we'll put our whole heart into the search, we're going to find God. Again, that's because he also desires a relationship with us. And if you're seeking and you're still searching today, that uh, again, that's great. And I want you to know God loves that. Look at Proverbs 8, 17. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to love, love him. He wants us to follow him. And again, I think that's part of what Christmas is all about. That's what he communicated to us when he sent his son. And he wants us to discover that truth. To think, too, that God wants a relationship with us, to me, that's kind of mind-boggling. That the creator of the heavens and the earth, our Savior, wants a relationship with me and wants a relationship with you. And I think the reason that sometimes is kind of mind-boggling to us is because all we have to compare to is human relationships, right? And human relationships let us down. Human relationships end and they, and they come up short. So to think that God wants a relationship with me and he's pursuing me when I'm pursuing him, that's mind-boggling. So back to the wise men. How did they get to Jesus? By following a star, right? That star led them right to Jesus. So that tells us God desires a relationship with us because God desired a relationship with these wise men and he used something that he knew was going to get their attention to draw them to himself. He knew they were into the stars and into science, into the study of the stars. So he used a star to draw them to himself. And the same thing's true in my life and the same thing is true in your life, God's going to use all kinds of things in your life to draw you close to him. Those of you that would say, hey, I'm already a Christian, think back to when you didn't have Christ. Before you had accepted Christ, something got your attention, right? Something drew you to Christ. Maybe it was a camp or a coach or a teacher. Maybe it was a movie or a, a book or a podcast that you listened to, but something got your attention, just like that star got their attention. And, and whatever that was, you paid attention to it, right? You, you, you kind of tuned in, you listened, and you searched, and you obeyed, and you followed, and then eventually you came to faith in Christ. But it was something that God used to bring you closer to him. That's why if you're still seeking and searching, God isn't done. He's going to lead you to him. But our responsibility and our part of that equation is we have to embrace those things. Whether it's a person, whether it's a circumstance, we have to embrace those things that God puts in our life and pay attention to them and follow them and, and learn from them. We have to continue to pursue, pursue the truth. So here's learning number two. We have to be willing to put in the effort in order to know the truth. Again, those religious leaders weren't willing to put in the effort. 
They weren't even willing to walk across the street. They just assumed they knew. But the wise men put in the effort. And maybe you'd say, well, Scott, I don't know what it is that God's using in my life to draw me to him. Again, it could be anything. It could be a, it could be a talk on a Sunday. It could be a, a church. It could be somebody's testimony. It could be a sickness or a difficulty that you've been through in life that drew you to Christ. It could be a, a relationship. It could be a broken relationship. It could be anything. But once you discover what it is, and maybe it's clear to you now because we've kind of gone through some examples, but once you discover, wow, this may be what God's using to lead me to him, that can be a little scary. That can be a little intimidating because how do you react to that, right? You've been searching for some truth and then all of a sudden you realize maybe this is what God's using and then things start playing over and over in your head, it can be a little scary. We can react in different ways to that, right? We could react like King Herod did. If you know the story of King Herod, he was full of fear. So he was afraid of pursuing God. Or we can be like those religious leaders and, and just discount it. Oh, that's not God. That's, he's not using that. that. God's not real. You know, we can follow culture, well, I know what the internet says. I know what Wikipedia says, and I'm just going to ignore this. Or we can be like the wise men, and we can pursue those things that God places in our life to draw us to himself. Here's a verse we looked at last week, Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, talking about the wise men. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. In other words, the wise men, that void, that missing piece in their life was finally filled. They experienced joy beyond belief. And so they quit searching at that point because the missing piece was no longer missing. And that's what happens to every single person when they discover the truth about Christ and they accept Christ. Now, listen. Some of you have already settled the faith journey. You're not seeking, you're not searching anymore. You'd say, yep, I'm a Christian or I'm a Christ follower. I follow Jesus. I'm going to challenge you this Christmas season. If you put yourself in that bucket and say, yeah, I've already settled that, I'm going to challenge you. And here's where I'm going to challenge you. First of all, I'm going to challenge you to spend a few minutes with God this Christmas season and thank him for whatever it was that he used in your life to draw you to his son. Again, maybe it's a person, maybe it was a circumstance, maybe it was a sickness, but whatever he used, I want you to thank him for that. He may have used multiple things in your life before you came to faith in Christ. Thank him for that. And then I'm going to challenge you to think about somebody in your life who's still seeking and, and still searching out the truth. And I want you to pray that God would continue to put things in their life, circumstances, people, whatever, to draw them to Christ. In other words, pray that God never gives up on that person and continues to put things in their path that's going to show them who Christ is 
and get them to faith in Christ. And then I'm going to challenge you. A third way is that same person I want you to pray that God would give you the strength to invite them to church so they can hear about how Christ can change their life. And listen, it doesn't matter where you go to church. You may not go to church here. Maybe you're streaming with us online and you were doing a Google search for Blue Ridge Winery and, and you ended up on our website and you're still here. That's awesome. Wherever you go to church, pray that God would give you the strength to bring that person to hear the truth which was brought that first Christmas about Christ. That's that bucket. Now, if you'd say you're in the bucket over here, hey, I, I don't know what I believe. I, I haven't settled this faith thing. I've still got a bunch of questions. That is absolutely okay. But at least this Christmas, if that's you, embrace the things that God's been putting in your life or has shown you in your life, and at least pursue those things. Shoot holes in the Scripture. Shoot holes in Christianity. Ask your friends questions, but just don't let those things slip by like the religious leaders did. At least pursue them until you get the answer that satisfies you. Scott, why are you making such a big deal over knowing the truth about Jesus? Because I know the void it filled for me. And I want that same feeling for every single person that doesn't know Christ to know the truth. Look at what the scripture says about the truth. John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I guarantee you I could ask any person who follows Christ today, when you discovered the truth, did it set you free? And they would say yes, 100%. That's why we need to know the truth. And that's the gift that God sent us that very first Christmas. I don't think we realize either it could be something right in front of us that God uses to draw us to himself. It, it doesn't have to be as magnificent as some star, right? It could be something simple. Let's look at another part of that Christmas story that no matter if you grew up in church or you didn't, maybe this is your first time even in church or watching church, you probably have heard this verse before, but Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's why Christmas and the message of Christmas is such good news is because we got a Savior. And I heard Justin say that in his prayer, talked about being saved and a savior. But what does that even mean? What does it mean that we received a savior? Now, if you're a Christian, you may understand that. But if you're still seeking and searching, that's probably a question you have. What do you mean a savior? I don't need a savior. I'm not lost. I'm not, I'm not sick. I'm not drowning. I'm not in trouble. I'm fine. What do you mean when you say the term savior? Well, in the simplest terms, it means we receive forgiveness from Christ for everything we've ever done wrong. It means that we don't have to pay the penalty for our sin. When Jesus came, he also had to die after he was born, right? 
33 and a half years later, he had to die for our sins, and he paid the penalty for our sin. He saved us from our sin. That's what a Savior does. Our Savior Jesus saved us from our sin. So when we use that fancy term Savior, that's what it means. We're saved from all the wrong that we've ever done. But that's not the only thing that Christ gave us, right? We get an eternal home in heaven. When we physically die, which we all will, we live forever with God. But not just that. We get a rich and satisfying life today during our physical life. In other words, that missing piece is fulfilled. We're no longer, you know, searching. We're no longer anxious about that. We're a complete peace. So we get a life that's rich and satisfying. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that's one of the reasons he came. John 10, 10. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The problem is so many people today They don't have a rich and satisfying life. They're just kind of enduring life. They don't enjoy life to the fullest. Jesus came to give us life and give it to us in the fullest measure. He also came to show us what God's like because we have all those questions. Colossians 1.15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. God knew we had those questions, and he sent Christ. This is what I'm like. And all we have to do is receive his gift. Now, the wise men, they recognized the gift God was offering them. We know that because of the way they reacted when they saw Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, talking about the wise men. They entered the house... And saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know they recognized God because they were filled with awe. They bowed down and they presented gifts to him and they worshiped him. The wise men recognized Jesus immediately as the Savior. They immediately recognized the truth about God. So this Christmas, here's a question I want you to ask. Learning number three, what's holding me back from a relationship with Christ? What's holding you back? And just don't stop seeking. And don't stop searching and don't stop investigating until you have answered that question. Don't stop seeking until you have the truth. And listen, if you've already found the truth in Christ, thank him for what he used to draw you to himself. Pray that he continues to put things in front of the friend or the neighbor or the person you know that needs Christ, and then pray for the strength to reach out to them, to invite them. God sent us the truth in his son that very first Christmas. If we know it, great. If we don't know it, we still got to keep searching. There's nothing wrong with searching and seeking and asking questions. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that
you do desire a relationship with us. And forgive us that that's hard for us to understand. You're perfect, we're imperfect, and why you would want a relationship with us. But God, we know now because it's you love us. And Lord, you sent us truth that very first Christmas. And we would pray for those that don't know you in our community and beyond, that you would continue to put things in front of them to lead them to you. That you wouldn't stop pursuing them, even though maybe they stopped pursuing you. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Amen. A couple real quick things and then we're going to Finish up with our year-end video. Every year we try to put together just a teeny little snapshot with some statistics and things that went on at the church for the year. We're going to close with that today. But before that, I want to let you know about a couple of things coming up this Wednesday from 7 to 9. Youth are having another one of those silent disco parties. They're doing a Christmas silent disco. It's going to be awesome. If you've got kids in middle school or high school, it'd be a way to get them out of the house for a couple hours and give you a breather since they're out of school, but I guarantee it's going to be an awesome time. Uh, so mark your calendar for that. Then I want to go over our Christmas schedule again with you because I keep misquoting it, and thank goodness it's on the website and it's on the side screens, but we're going to have four Christmas Eve Eve and Christmas Eve services. They're all the same, so pick a service time that works for you or whoever you're bringing to church with you. But Friday, we're going to have two services, one at 6 p.m. and one at 7.30 p.m. No child care on Friday. And then Saturday, Christmas Eve, we're having two more services, one at 1 and one at 2.30. And we will have child care uh, for zero to three years old. We want this to be a family thing to bring your kids in. It's going to be a lot of fun as we kick off uh, the Christmas Day with a bang, so to speak. And then on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, there are no services. And then Sunday, January the 8th, we resume services. We're kicking off a brand new series called Priorities. So make sure you put that on your calendar. And then tonight at 7 o'clock, there is the free live stream here in the auditorium of the King and Country concert from Nashville. That is kind of sponsored by our Trail Life and American Heritage Girls groups. And even though there's no admission charge, they're going to be selling some concessions that you can enjoy during that concert to support the, their two groups. So if you're not doing anything tonight, seven o'clock, that'll be here at the church. So let's go ahead and roll that year-end video, and then we'll close. So thank you, seriously, from the bottom of my heart for everything you do uh, in and through this community and beyond. Now, we could have gotten that donut number up a little bit, I know, <laughs> if we'd have had donuts today. So we'll make that up to you sometime in 2023. But if we see you a Friday and Saturday, that's great. If not, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless you guys. Thanks again for being here.